Hello and welcome to week five of Stew on This, weekly reflections from my heart. If you listen to podcast number one, thank you. (laughs) And that's cool because this means you've listened to at least two. So if you did, you might remember that we were able to answer that age-old question of, are we there yet? With the best possible answer, the one my dad always used when I asked that question, which was, yes. Talk then about how we might have a tendency to compare where we are in life or compare um, who we are in life to either where and who we think we should be or where someone else is or where someone else thinks we should be, and then go further and decide that we'd be better off there than here. Well, that kind of thinking can inspire us if we choose to take action to grow and evolve, which is a beautiful and good and natural thing to do. However, a lot of us go to different places with that, with the results of our comparison, especially maybe when we come up on the short end. Generally, I just want to say that when our focus is there and then instead of here and now, that's where we tend to put our attention. We put our attention either on the big gap between where we are and where we think we should be, or we put our attention on how we suck, excuse me. That that the reason that I'm not uh, enjoying the same things as this person or not where I think I should be is because of something I did or something I didn't do or something I need to do. In other words, I tend to, and maybe you do too, tend to blame or shame myself for not being there and only being here. You know, and this is said if only because any time we put our attention on there and then instead of here and now, we are actually pulling our power and attention away from uh, here where everything we need is to be healthy and happy. Here and now where our power to create is. Here and now where our oneness with innate intelligence, with life, with all things is or are. As we said back in podcast one, we must be present to win. But I think the the most damaging thing is something I already mentioned, when we tend to make it about ourselves, when we tend to blame our shame, because this is not a really empowered or strong place to grow from. I don't know about you, but I remember a point on my spiritual journey, and maybe it was an important point, but it's sort of funny now, I... I remember when I stopped kind of blaming the world and other people for the shortcomings I perceived in my life and instead started blaming myself, you know. And, you know, again, maybe that's an important step, but maybe we don't have to stop there. Maybe, as we talked about in Podcast One, if we were to cultivate an attitude of more than enoughness now through our gratitude work and other work, then maybe we don't have to blame anyone. our situation. Maybe we can just use our situation. Maybe we can just use everything that happens to us to inspire us onward and inward and upward and especially loveward. I love that. Onward, inward, upward, and loveward. The acronym there is I-O-U love, but that's a different story altogether. So, If you're still comparing yourself to maybe where you think you should be, then I'm going to ask you to stop shooting on yourself and maybe go back and listen to podcast one. Today, I want to talk more about our tendency to compare ourselves to others. This is an epidemic 
in the chiropractic profession and probably in the world. And I want to share with you some things that have helped me because I have spent a lot of my life comparing myself to others and coming up short. The first thing I try to remember when I realize I'm doing this is to realize that I have no idea if these people who are what I want to be or, or have what I want to have, I don't know if they are the least bit happy about it. <laughs> I, I know people who have more than I can imagine anybody having, and yet they still want more. They're still not happy with what they have. They're still afraid of losing what they have. They're still not feeling a sense of enoughness around what they have. I'm sure you know people like that too. I mean, the happiest people I've ever met in my life, the people with the most dignity, and even the people who seem the most proud, were in the third world, where they didn't have anything material at all. So... <laughs> Let's be careful about assuming that people are happy, the ones we're comparing ourselves and want to be more like. You know, we don't know what's going through their heads when they try to go to sleep at night, do we? You know, we read Mother Teresa's diaries, and apparently she lived in a constant state of doubt about what she was doing. I, you know, maybe she just wrote that kind of stuff in her diary, kind of like I do. I, I vent in my diary. But... It doesn't seem like she got as much joy and fulfillment of what she was doing as, God, I would like to get out of whatever I'm doing. So, you know, I don't know what's going through her head either, but it does indicate the truth behind the fact that we don't know. And even if these folks are happy, the ones we want to be like and the ones we want to have what they have, we have no idea what it took for them to get there, do we? I mean, my main mentor... Jim Sigafus, who had at one time the biggest chiropractic practice in the world, the motivation for him to grow in that way was when he lost his 19-year-old baby. Another mentor of mine who had a huge practice was Dick Santo, and he had a, a daughter who was in a coma for an extended period of time. And he, again, just like Sigafus, he chose to rise up on that and use it to motivate him to serve a lot of people. But you know what? I'm okay with it being more gentle. I'm okay with it being a lot slower if it needs to be gentle. How about you? And then, you know, I also have a mentor who was universally envied for his the size of his practice. And he told me later in his life that he wished he didn't. He wished he had spent more time with his kids. So let's be careful what we ask for. And then the other problem I've noticed is when I get into a tendency to compare myself to others and, and especially come up short, that I will then naturally seek out other people who maybe are doing a little less than what I'm doing to, so I can feel better about myself. You know, I remember actually intentionally calling up friends on slow days, you know, that I knew were, were slower than I was, you know, so I could feel a little less miserable. This is not necessarily empowering. <laughs> so whether we tend to, to compare ourselves to others and come up on the short end or the long end, the truth is neither one of us really feel, neither one of those things really feel good. And the truth is that just as the seeds of the greatest people on this planet are in us, the seeds of everything we don't like in other people or in the world are in us too. So in that way, we're no worse than the best, and no better than the worst. We just get to choose which seeds to water. <laughs>
and everyone else gets to choose which seeds they water. So if we're going to compare ourselves to others, let's at least use that to choose which seeds we want to water more carefully, more diligently. And if we're going to compare, and you know what? We probably will, because we live under a brain, and that's what it does. So let's at least try to remember that the word compare originally meant to regard or treat as equal. The word compare literally means equal with. <laughs> that would be a different kind of comparing altogether, wouldn't it? If we were looking for the sameness, if we were looking for the seeds in that person that we know we have, if we were looking for values or qualities to embody because we know we have them because we are equal, because we are the same, then that would be very empowering. If we just remembered, just like me, I do an exercise with attendees at my workshops, and that's what we do. We, we have people look into each other's eyes and repeat statements um, to ourselves that all start with just like me. Just like me, this person is a maximum expression of love. Just like me, this person is looking for love. Just like me, this person often looks everywhere but where it is. Just like me, this person's doing the best they can. Just like me, this person often thinks that's not good enough. Just like me, this person has had moments of indescribable joy. Just like me, this person's had moments of horrible sadness and despair. I don't think it would be the least bit untruthful to look anybody on this planet in the eyes and say these things. This is how we turn comparison to compassion. And while we're being compassionate, let's remember how amazing we are. <laughs> that not only are we equal, but we're amazing. And we're here to love, we're here to serve, we're here for a reason. We're here with a unique set of skill sets to bring love into this world. You know, when you and I were conceived, and I don't think it happened at the same time, but when I was conceived, and I, I know for a fact, was a New Year's Eve surprise. But, and it's hard for me to visualize this, but when my mom and dad got together on that New Year's Eve and did what they apparently did, <clears throat> scientists say that from that event, 300 trillion different human beings could have ended up being here. <laughs> And this, of course, doesn't even take into account the astronomical odds that my parents would even find each other and stay together and, uh, and you know, every one of countless choices that they made to allow me to be here. But yet here I am and here you are. We won. So let's, when we compare as equal, let's remember that we are equal to anyone in our ability to access and love, peace, and joy, and that we deserve as much love, peace, and joy as anyone else. Again, as the Buddha said, we can search the universe and not find someone more deserving of our own love, our own affection, as we are ourselves. So, let's maybe 
work on getting a little more skillful at opening up to the love, peace, and joy that are all right here and now. Let's open up to expressing and experiencing more love. Let's open up to acknowledging and appreciating love right where we are. Maybe we can all put a little less energy and, and attention into becoming more like somebody else and a bit more energy and attention into becoming the most beautiful, the most authentic version of ourself that beyond even we can even imagine. And as always, on that journey, we can only start from right where we are and we can only start from who we are. But again, let's remember that that's more than enough. <laughs> that is amazing. That is indispensable. Uh, Einstein said if you were able to remove one electron from this universe, the entire universe would cease to exist as we know it. You know, guess what? You got a lot of electrons. <laughs> and please remember that no matter what we've done, what we haven't done, what we haven't said, no matter how long we've held goals and not yet achieved them, it, it doesn't change the fact that you, are, uh, you and I are more than enough, that you and I have everything we need through our connection, through our oneness with spirit, with innate intelligence, that we are each children of this universe, that we have as much love, joy, peace, and wisdom as anyone else does. So I invite us all, to start each day by looking in the mirror and saying, I am beyond compare. I am beyond compare, so there's no need for comparison. And instead of comparing, maybe I can just let in a little more of the love, joy, peace, and wisdom that are always right here. Let a little more of all of that into my awareness, into my life, into my choices, and then, gosh, out into the world. You and I are beyond compare. Oh, uh, yes, so stew on that, and I will see you next week.